we continue our vision series this morning, uh, which Ian launched about three weeks ago. And just to recap, the, the vision of this church is to be a welcoming, vibrant, and serving the community, a visible witness of God's love in action. And to help realize this vision, we're looking through the lenses of discipleship, outreach, grace, and gentleness. Uh, two weeks ago, I talked on um, being a Christian. What is a Christian? Um, I hope you know what a Christian is. Uh, I was going to take my microphone and ask somebody. What's a Christian then, James? Uh, a follower of Jesus. That'll do. <laughs> good, good job. A follower of Jesus. Um, today, I'll be looking at what it means to be a disciple. The Cambridge Dictionary says this, a person who believes in the ideas and principles of someone famous and tries to live the way that person does or did. Examples given are Gandhi and the disciples of Jesus. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary says this, it's all online by the way, so it might not be right. (laughs) One who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another, such as Christianity. One of the twelve in the inner circle of Christ's followers. Uh, Someone, a convinced adherent of a school or individual. In other words, someone who is devoted to the teachings of another. Collins says this, a follower of the doctrines of a teacher of the school of thought, one of the personal followers of Christ, including his 12 apostles during his earthly life. In reality, you or I, if we had enough charisma or a clever business plan, could attract disciples. Do you believe that? Yes, it's true. Many religions have been invented by such people. But I've been looking at TikTok. See, because I'm down with the kids. Don't tell me, guys. Actually, that's really passe. I've discovered the most TikTok-followed star is 23-year-old Italian, Kaiabi Lane, Lane, who has 161.9 million followers. Wow. He's had a 2.3 billion views to his channel. He is so watched that the fashion brand Hugo Boss has signed him up to a multi-year, multi-million pound deal. And of course, he'll be influencing millions of young people. And you might think they might be called disciples because they're following good old KB Lame, who must be a multi-billionaire by now. But Jesus was not a man with some good ideas. He was young, but it's said he's not terribly attracted to look at. He wasn't some young TikTok star that was heavily made up. And the prophet Isaiah said this about him. He had no former majesty that we should look at him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected. A man of suffering, acquainted with infirmity. And as for one from other hid their faces, he was despised and we held him of no account. There aren't any descriptions of Jesus in the Bible apart from that. And yet, 2.4 billion people follow Jesus today. He has 2.4 billion disciples. That's more than our man from TikTok. (laughs) And the reason he doesn't sell Hugo Boss... Is because he's God incarnate who came to save humankind through his death on the cross. So what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? I've got five points this morning, so I can't be an Anglican. 
Anglicans only have three, apparently, in a sermon. I am an Anglican. First one is emulating the master. Emulating. That is behaving and acting like Jesus. Giving up everything for Jesus is the second point. Telling others about Jesus is the third point. Spending time with Jesus is the fourth. And loving one another is the fifth. Don't worry, we're not going to be here all morning. I can see you. Five points. How long is this going to take? Not too long. The Cambridge Dictionary we discovered defines a disciple as someone who believes in the ideas and principles of someone famous and tries to live the way that person does or did. Over the years, I've been, as some of you know, very inspired by the life of St. Francis of Assisi because of his practical concern for those who are in poverty. One of my favourite books, published in 1954 or something, is this. It's, um, it's basically about St. Francis of Assisi, and uh, it's got lovely stories in him. I love reading these stories. I keep reading these stories. He started life as a carefree son of a wealthy merchant. He had absolutely everything. But when he encountered some beggars, he was deeply challenged about what he saw. It is said he met Jesus in a vision who asked him to build his church. As a disciple of Jesus, he gave up absolutely everything to serve him, particularly those who were poor and dispossessed. St. Francis was a bloke, by the way. He was faulted. He wasn't perfect. But he was following his master. His master, Jesus, fed 5,000 hungry people with a snack bought by a boy. He healed those because of their disabilities who had to beg to survive. He had compassion for outcasts and those who were richly unclean, such as the woman who was bleeding. He spent time with those who were despised, such as the tax collectors and so-called sinners. And he protected a woman who was being stoned for adultery. Like St. Francis, we too are called to walk beside others who are struggling in life and to reach out to those in need. This city is full of organisations created by Christians doing just that. Prisoners and ex-offenders, sex workers, those who are hungry via food banks and refugees. And last week we heard from Ian about his trip to Basoga, which brings clean water to men and women and children in Uganda. Being a disciple is practical, both at a personal level and at a church level. Second point is giving everything up for Jesus. As I said, St. Francis gave everything to serve Jesus Christ. He had a nice life. He could do what he liked. And yet, the life he chose meant that he was disinherited from his wealth. But Jesus, was, uh, Francis, was only following Jesus' instructions. In Mark 8.35, we read this. Then he called the crowd along with the disciples, and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Luke 14.33 says this, If anyone of you who does not renounce all they have cannot be one of my disciples. The early disciples 
gave up everything to follow Jesus, and many went to their death for him. What is our role in 21st century Britain? Are we called to give up everything and go and preach the gospel, either here or abroad? Well, you might be. You might not be. It's different from all of us. The best way I've found of looking at this is to keep offering back to God our lives, our relationships and our money and possessions. And I came across a story this week. A man is sitting in church and the collection plate comes round. And the guy puts in some money. (coughs) Yeah. Then it came round again. So, well, he put his small change in. Then it came round again. So, he thought he'd better put his wallet in. And then it came round again. So, he put his car in. Then it came round again. And he put his jacket in. And he came round again. He put his shoes in. <laughs> then he came round again. And he put his shirt in. I'm not going to do this, by the way. <laughs> Finally, he's in his underwear. And he realised what he had to do. And he put his whole self in. God doesn't want our possessions. He's not looking for a tip or loose change or even a tithe. He's looking for us to put our whole selves in as disciples. Who gets excited about things? Oh, good. It's great. Obviously, some of you don't. No? And what do we do when we get excited about things? Do we just keep it to ourselves and burst? No. No, we tell everybody about it, don't we? We might have had a really nice time with some friends. We might have had a good meal, perhaps a holiday. And when I get to work on a Monday, me and my colleagues always talk about what we did at the weekend. But do we do the same about our hope in Jesus as disciples? I guess most of us probably do mention God occasionally. Um, I suppose I'm a reverend, so I get more chances, perhaps. Um, But in our reading today, Jesus sends his disciples out to preach the good news of his kingdom. And what is interesting, he gave them the same powers as him to heal and to cast out demons. Wow. That sounds, well, very serious, doesn't it? Well, it is very serious. And we live in a broken world, if you hadn't gathered. And people today are facing all sorts of issues. Hardships broken relationships, ill health, and they all need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And how are they going to hear this good news? Well, you're probably not going to find it on the BBC too often, or any other channel. Maybe the God channel, possibly. Yes, that's going to be us, guys. That's how they're going to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. 
We might not be confident enough to pray for healing for someone on the spot, but what we can do is to tell someone that we will pray for them and be serious about it. Laura and I have an ever-increasing list of people we're praying for every day. And actually, Laura and I are on a list somewhere in this city. One of those people we pray for told me, I don't believe in God, Richard. Don't believe in it. All prayer. So what did I say to him? I'm going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> and recently, um, there was a difficult meeting coming up for someone I know. She's not a Christian. I said to the person, I'll pray before the meeting. And I did pray that morning. And actually, the meeting went unexpectedly well. And she told me about it. And in the difficult relationships, and actually, they found an element of healing. Of course, I was then able to share the uh, answered prayers of years of talking to God. And this is the good news of the kingdom. We can pray for people, whether they believe in the God that we love or not. Isn't that great? Yeah. Actually, people quite like to be prayed for. If they're not Christians, I'll pray for you. Oh, thank you. That's what most people say. They re- you rarely get that, well, I don't believe in God and I don't want you to. We can do, we are those disciples. We are sent out. Finally. No, not finally. Fourth point. We've got to spend time with Jesus. If you're going to be a disciple of anyone, you need to spend time, you need to know them. As some of you know, I'm a big follower of Stephen Covid's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He's an American business guru. I see some people shaking their heads. Actually, it's been really helpful to me because I'm kind of all over the place and that's given me the discipline. And it's a a sort of self-management system and it's been very helpful. And to stay on track, I often go back to it. Am I living the seven habits? As disciples of Jesus, we've got to regularly check in with with, with Jesus. And we do this through prayer, by reading our Bibles. And it might sound obvious, if we're going to emulate Jesus, we need to know as much as we can about him. So, can I encourage you to pick your Bibles up? Subscribe to some daily notes. And you can get daily notes free. Get them online. Talk to me, talk to Gabby, talk to Ian, talk to one of your friends about how you spend time with Jesus. Finally, last point. Loving one another. Jesus said this, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Church is not a sports club. Church is not a book club. It's not a social club. It's a place where God's love is shared. Firstly from him to us and then from us to each other and those around us. What must mark us out as Christians is God's Holy Spirit within us. And that will give us a huge capacity to love others. When we fail to love others, quite frankly, it's a disaster. An absolute disaster. Because people will be looking at Christians and say... Well, look at them. The way they treat each other is terrible. The way they treat other people is terrible. It's a really, really poor witness. We are poor ambassadors if we do not love, first of all, each other 
and then the world around us. Love always starts at home. And our spiritual home is church. And what does love look like? Well, I'm going to leave you with the reading from 1 Corinthians 13, which is often read at weddings. Who's heard of 1 Corinthians 13? Good. Yep. And if you haven't heard of it, you probably have if you've been to a wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful, nor is arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And that is the love that Jesus has for you. And has for you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me. And that's the love that we will be sharing as disciples. Amen. Oh,